Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the Beyond Bitcoin Show. Today is July the 27th, 2019. Strong hand, unconfiscatable. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Personal responsibility is the new counterculture. Deferral of gratification, conviction, avoid mediocrity. And yes, offended by selling. Okay, people, check out all the links below, including disruptmeister.com and techbalt.com. Uh, this week in Bitcoin was great on Friday. Tai Zen was on the show and Samuel Arms, a new guest. And we could only handle two guests because, you know, Ty talks so much. I mean, that's the truth. But it was fun. And he had a very memorable quote at the 42-minute mark. You guys will have to check it out. It's linked to below. And I do want to stress to everyone, this Twitter thing for me, I, I learn a lot from reading other tweets, from retweeting tweets. I sort through all the nonsense. I retweet it for you. So follow me at TechBalt, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. If you're watching these videos, you're only getting half the story because at uh, my TechBalt uh, Twitter account, I'm tweeting out my podcast and I've started to do some extra audio only podcasts that you'll only get at sportsmeister.com. Or if you uh, are on Twitter and you uh, click on the links to my uh, podcast that I tweet out on Twitter. And of course, I've been doing these flashback uh, little clips of old videos on Twitter. It is a ball of fun. TechBalt, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. And of course, this is the Beyond Bitcoin show. If you have questions, um, you can ask about Bitcoin. But again, we're talking about subjects way beyond Bitcoin. Type in Bitcoin Meister in the uh, chat and I will see it and I will answer your questions. And if you do a super chat, I'll definitely see it. Pound that like button. Now, before we get into the Beyond Bitcoin uh, topics, first thing I noticed in the chat, uh, someone said, what's this about the IRS, Adam? What's this about the IRS letters? Well, first of all, uh, tomorrow's show, I already have the notes ready for the IRS subject matter. And I'm a little surprised that people are uh, panicked about it. Because again, um, all along, We've dis I've discussed that if you bought from Coinbase, they were telling the IRS everything. Again, any any exchange where you, you gave in America that you gave your uh, social security number to, they reported it to the IRS. So the IRS knows you own cryptocurrency, so they're sending out a letter to all the uh, social security numbers that they Coinbase has shared with them, and I guess other. Uh, other exchanges and just saying, hey, we know you own cryptocurrency. These are the rules. Now, and, and this isn't, this actually was announced. I, I think the accounting firms knew it last week. I guess there was an article today about it. And again, I'm going to cover this on Sunday, but real quick, I if you have questions, you can wait until Sunday or there is a link below. Okay. It's, it's an accounting firm, pgco.com. And I'll read you something they said. Starting next week, that's next week. And through the month of August, the IRS will be sending virtual currency soft letters to over 10,000 taxpayers. There are three different letters intended to be educational to those receiving the information. And again, one of the letters is a little bit more serious uh, than the other two, but, but check it out. So there's three different letters. Uh, if you haven't sold any Bitcoin, dude, um, yeah. <laughs> Again, if you're a trader who's been going back and forth, back and forth, well, here's the moment uh, you've been waiting for, right? I mean, it's, I mean, you planned, you're a long-term thinker, you were, you were trading and trading and trading. I, I assume you were reporting to the IRS. I mean, now you're getting the letter reminding you that, hey, they know, they know. All right. So uh, this, this should come as no surprise. But again, I'm sure the, the weak-handed, short-term traders, they're just, they're probably defecating right now, I guess. And uh, and here we go. Elemented Free Drive says, if, you set, if they send you a letter and they tell you you must reply back with your holdings, what are you going to do? There are three different letters, dude. Read what they say, okay? 
There's that's not what they're asking in the three letters that they sent. Don't create lies, okay, dude? I know you're worried about it. I can tell. This is your second question about it. And I'm sorry I'm raising my voice at you, but dude, just read the article that's linked to below. They're sending three different types of letters. They're not, there's no, there's only one that's asking that's asking you to do something specific, okay? All right. They're not, it's and it's not asking you for your specific holdings. That's not what it is. Okay, that's not what they're asking. If you were sell, they want to know about your profits, all right? That's what they want to know about if they, I mean, and that's what the IRS is all about anyway. So there, this isn't something where they're asking about your holdings because guess what? They already know your holdings. They know everything you bought at Coinbase. That's not the point of this, dude. All right, I, I've wasted way too much time on this stupid topic because this is for tomorrow's show. For today, it's a stupid topic. It's for tomorrow, it'll be fine. This is the Beyond Bitcoin show. Stupid is overblown word there, but you're, you really, you pissed me off on that one, dude, that you even asked this question in the first place and I shouldn't get pissed off about it. All right, moving on. <laughs> Beyond Bitcoin, let's go beyond Bitcoin. Let's talk about something uh, something that's mostly noise that's out there. Because again, I know that even tomorrow's show, I'm going to get these questions from all these 80%. Oh, I didn't know Coinbase was going to tell on me. Oh, what are they going to ask me? What are they going to ask? What are they going to ask? They already know. There's three specific letters. They're linked to below. Reading comprehension. All right. Let's see. Uh, this is from the Baltimore Sun. This has been all over the news today, apparently. I, I first saw it when I checked uh, uh, foxnews.com. Uh, Trump calls Baltimore disgusting rodent-infested mess. And everyone knows I'm from Baltimore. I am from. The, I grew up in the suburbs, but he's talking about Elijah Cummings. Rips Representative Elijah Cummings over border criticism. Trump also questioned the amount of money being sent to the Maryland's 7th District, to Maryland's 7th District, when it's considered the worst run and most dangerous anywhere in the United States. And he questioned where all this money is going and how much is stolen. He demanded an investigation into this corrupt mess immediately. All right, so um, Trump is actually right uh, about uh, about the where Elijah Cummings represents, the... Uh, which is a lot of West Baltimore. It is rodent infested. It is a mess. And uh, how much is being stolen of the, the federal money that they're giving them? All of it. I mean, basically all of it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's known. It no need for an investigation, really. It's it's all being stolen. And that's just, you get to take that granted, Trump. But here you go. Um, he's trying to blame it on Elijah Cummings. It's not Elijah Cummings' fault that Baltimore, West Baltimore is rodent infested and is falling apart and it is, much, and, and, and Trump said it's more dangerous than the border. Yes. Yes, it is more dangerous than the border. Of course it's more dangerous. Because Elijah Cummings is ripping on the uh, the border centers, the centers they have set up for the illegal immigrants. And, you know, they get beds, they get Nintendos and all this nice stuff. I mean, they get all sorts of good stuff there. But Baltimore is, no, no, it's not that nice. It's it's bad, okay? there's You can get shot. Um, it, there's bad stuff going on. There's no one looking over your shoulder. There's not a bunch of border guards protecting you or whatever. You know, it is a mess. But again, it's not Elijah Cummings' fault that it's it's a mess. All right. People shouldn't look for Elijah Cummings for solutions. The people who live there's personal responsibility is the new counterculture. Okay. They gotta take personal responsibility. I lived right where Elijah Cummings claims that he lives on Madison Avenue, okay? And there's plenty of questions about that. I lived about uh, on Linden Avenue, about five blocks away from where he lived, okay? So I, I've seen it for myself, and it's the people. It's not his fault, because he probably doesn't even live there. He, he probably lies about his address. Most politicians in the Baltimore area lie about many. Excuse, I shouldn't say most, but many lie about their addresses. Um, and apparently there's some loophole that you can you can actually get away with it. So maybe he's what he's doing is totally cool. I, I, I don't know. And who knows if he's doing it or not about but again, he claims he lives on Madison Avenue, right near where I lived when I lived on Linden Avenue, when I did the Bioblock project. And it's a total mess. I mean, there was a riot. A, a, the riot started uh, right a few blocks away from where Elijah Cummings lives. And it's not his, it's the people's fault. He didn't make them right. He didn't, he doesn't, people just throw trash on the ground, major dumping going on. It's the people. So Trump can rip on 
you know, he's trying to like paint it as Elijah Cummings' fault, but it's not Elijah Cummings' fault. It's the people's fault. It's the people's fault. Okay, they got they got to take responsibility. There is just the, the behavior is. Uh, it's unprecedented in a bad way, in a real bad way. And so when when, when Trump tries to blame Elijah Cummings for it, he, he's, again, uh, making it seem like that the government, including Trump, can solve individual problems. And that, that Trump can't solve your problems, and neither can Elijah Cummings uh, solve your problems. But um, it is nonetheless entertaining. It is it's a bunch of noise, them, them fighting back uh, and forth, you know, saying you're rodent infested and you're putting Mexicans in cages, you know. Again, personal responsibility. You don't have to, you don't have to legally cross into America and you don't have to throw all your trash in your backyard or in other people's backyards and, and, and dump on the streets and not use trash cans properly. And yes, there is a terrible rodent problem, a horrifying rodent. I mean, many of you would, would, you wouldn't be able to believe it if you saw these the rats. It's it's just a commonplace thing, in, including in the mat. I'm sure in the mat where Elijah Cummings says he lives, there's many rats in, in the alley. It's just a it's just a fact of life. But it gets real nasty. Uh, Elijah Cummings claims he's the 2,000 block of Madison, 1,700 block of Madison is real bad. It gets real bad over there real quick. Anyway, but I mean the. He, he he's Elijah. He's not Elijah the prophet. He's not there to solve your problems. You got to solve your own problems. All right, uh, but yeah, Baltimore is a mess. Trump is correct about that. He is correct. About that. Um, so let's uh, move on here. Oh, no, that's for Sunday show. Eggs. Last week I was talking about eggs, and one thing I forgot to say about eggs: when I first visited South Africa and I was in the supermarket, um. All the, the eggs weren't in the refrigerator. And as an American, I had never, I had never seen that before. So this is a I want to explain something to everyone out there about Americans. Americans are paranoid about eggs. Okay. You if you're if the egg is out of the refrigerator for like 10 minutes, it's it's bad. They throw it away. The housewife in uh suburban uh, uh East Coast City, that no, they're not gonna if they forget if they leave the egg in the car. Uh, for 10 minutes by accident, they, they throw them, that's it. That's the end of it all. So in, in many countries, they don't even refrigerate eggs. So uh, America, that people would just just like vomit from, from thinking about that even. So yeah, that that's uh, part of seeing the world. No, so I am, I'm really laid back about my eggs. I don't, I don't give a darn. <laughs> I know they're not, you're not going to get salmonella if it's, uh, if they're not refrigerated. I, I, I understand. But the, in, in America, oh, no, oh, no, 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 that is the complete opposite. They big freak out in America about eggs. And also someone asked me about what, what do I do during my fast days? What are things I like to do? I just go about my regular business. I go running. I go running. I do my regular workouts. Um, I do my regular shows. So there's nothing I specifically like to do that's different than my everyday, what I do on days that I don't fast. So, and again... I, you know, if I don't have to, you know, sometimes if you're doing like a five-day fast in my record, I, I won't run every day because uh, my, my rule in life, I, tr I run every other day, I, basically. And some days I run a few days in a row. Again, my, my goal for a week, and this is just a regular week without fasting or whatever. Again, I fast every day, 22 hours every day, but I do intermittent fasting. But my whole running thing is I run 20 miles every week. And I also do um, my sprints, my interval training uh, once a week. So I try to set it up if I know I'm going to have a big fast so that I will have uh, a day off during the fast. But if it, if it can't, or a day or two off. But if I, I can't, um, then yeah, I, I run a few days during a, a long fast. And, you know, I'll, it's easy. I've done my, uh, and I'm not going to recommend this for everyone at home to do this. But I've done my interval training on uh, my sprints on about 48 hours of fasting or 40 some hours of fasting. Again, don't don't try that at home. Um, I, don't, I don't want anybody getting hurt, but it, it has no effect on me whatsoever. It's it's very normal for me to uh, again, since I fast 22 hours every day. What's it? You know, going uh, going over 44 hours. You know, I mean, you you start to feel a little bit after 72 and everything. Is that special? That's when you they say you're. Uh, 
your uh, system is rejuvenating itself. Your uh, what's 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 your? Oh God, I can't even think about it. Oh God, it's a little late here in Israel, isn't it? Uh, all right. So I said that eighty percenters, eighty percenters are not eighty percent of the time. They don't speak. They don't think like rational adults, and they don't act like rational adults. And that's why uh, the dollar will continue. And so stop trying to force rational thoughts, adult rational thoughts on 80 percenters, okay? They like being taken care of by the government. They, they don't need, they don't worry about inflation and things like that. So don't, don't worry about the people who don't worry about that. You go into the Bitcoin overlay, you take care of yourself. The, the inflationary system is going to continue because most of the time, the 80 percenters, they don't want to be adults. They don't want to think like adults. That's, I did link to below is, again, uh, a video about, uh, well, I, an audio, my podcast, uh, my podcast that, that deal with the subjects of this matter. Uh, I have one that's coming out tomorrow that talks about that a little bit more. So check that out tomorrow. But there is one that is linked to below that uh, is of similar uh, matters. You should check out the podcast. They're real short. All right, like this is going to be long though. <laughs> it does not take a village. How about that? How about that as a saying? There's so many people out there who are always saying it takes a village. It takes, a dude, just take, have a mother and a father for God's sakes. <laughs> That's who raises the kids, okay? Mother and a father. That's how I was raised. It was, it was, they did a good job. My dad and my mom raised, raised more than, again, I've, I've said numerous times I have siblings. And I at least have one of each sex. So they, my, my parents raised quite a few children. And uh, yeah, you just need, you need kids. Uh, uh, you, need, you, need, you need parents. You don't need a village. Let's, let's get rid of this personal responsibility. Take care of your own kids. Don't try to uh, live. I mean, that's the thing. If you're an adult, you take care of what you produce, okay? That's adult responsibility. That's what I'm talking about. That, that's rational adult. People don't want to be rational. Oh, well, let the government take care of the kids. That seemed, it's fine. It's not logical because they don't want to think logically. They don't want to think like adults. All right. Resets your immune system is what I was thinking. I couldn't think of the word immune system before. 72-hour fast supposedly uh, restarts your immune system. Try, try to hit that, do that twice a year, but over 72-hour fast. I think I already did two of them this year, didn't I? I got it. I got it all written down over there. Um, yeah, so I just had that. I just had like a forty-some hour fast. So that's twenty-seven days I've skipped of eating in this year. The goal is thirty-one, baby. Pound that like button. Moving on. Uh, Hacking humans. A video uh, talk by Yuval Noah Harari. Now I've talked about this Israeli dude before. I don't agree with him on everything. I think I find him interesting. He's a statist. He, he, well, he trends toward being a statist. And this video, a lot of you are not going to be able to take a lot of it because there, there are definitely some uh, just blindly hating Trump people on it. Just the Trump, Trump derangement people. That's you can you can hate who you want or whatever. But it, when you're deranged and you're not making you're not being logical anymore, it's yeah, it's distracting. And so it's noise. So there's some noise in this video too, but it's a 16 minute mark. Um, he does bring up that the political struggle used to be over control of land and then machines and factories. And now it's going to be over data. And I think he thinks too much in a political realm. He puts, he puts too much power in the government. Again, we were talking about uh, Cummings and, and Trump before. And again, uh, we, we can't put too much power on them and, and, let them, and let them lead the way in terms of what is going to happen to all the information. He, he wants the government to come up with a solution to all of the information that is out there. I'm a guy who says, let the free market do it. Don't try to, you know, don't, don't try to have a hand in this and, and say who can control the information, who can't, because then you're like, you're going to bias it toward your people in, in the government, to the people who pay you off and whatnot. So he is kind of a control freak. <laughs> He's got a control freak attitude, but he does have um, he does have some interesting thoughts in, in terms of the future. And he talks about uh, 
that be because of the great innovations that are coming, and, and we're going to talk about this in a second, there's so many innovations out there that are, that are coming our way in the next 10 years. And he wants the government to have a hand in deciding on how to limit them. And I don't, I, I think that's bad. Again, I say, let the free market, let the, let, let the people, you know, he, he wants it to be centralized control, it seems like. But he says in the future, uh, you know, very near future, soon the wealthy are going to be able to afford biological superiority, okay? That in the past, the wealthy, uh, they might they might have grown a little taller because the, the, the poor, the super poor were eating really poorly. But otherwise, they're, they're, especially now in the modern times, there's not a biological superiority between someone like Donald Trump, who was a billionaire, and just, you know, some average Joe on the street. I mean, each one, they're the same. They, they didn't get, he doesn't have some like super intelligence that he got because he was rich. But now we're, we're getting to a point where um, there are innovations where the, you're going to be able to ch change human beings uh, in the womb or maybe uh, even afterwards. And uh, wealthy people are going to be able to afford this. And I don't think he thinks that's right, uh, Yuval. And he wants the government to intervene and the, all the governments to not get in an arms race over this. Here's what I got to say about it, okay? Let, it's it's going to get out there anyway. Let the free market, you know, wealthy people worked hard for their money, okay? If they want to buy um, bio, and fund biological experimentation and then do it to themselves and be guinea pig, be my guest, you know, do what you're going to do, dudes. Do I mean, this isn't like it's proven. It's not like it's going to solve anyone's problem. I mean, let let, let the free – because, again, you're not going to be able to stop it. And if it becomes black market, I mean, look what happens with drugs when they're black market. So I have no problem with – I want technology to advance. And I want there to be, you know, people to be able to hack the human genome and human bio biology and, and make people healthier. And if rich people are the first ones who can afford it and they, they funded it, well, then let them have it. Let them be superior. And uh, then the price will come down and everyone will be able to get it. And then you'll say, what's unfair? They, they might be able to rule over us and uh, maybe they won't share it. it. It will get out there, okay? It will get, once it's out there, it's out there. They're not all, they're not all, you, you that's on the premise that the people who are going to be buying this are all not so nice and that they're going to want to do something bad with this technology. No, there are going to be some that want to share the technology. Again, the rich people who fund the businesses that come up with this, they, they, they're going to want to bring it to the people because it's, it's going to be a trillion-dollar business. Again, that's why I say let the market decide. And if the government starts saying, well, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, well, then some rich people are just going to go to China to buy it, okay? And I mentioned this before, life extension technologies. Um, this is a reason to save your Bitcoin. There's a people are like, why don't you just blow it all now? I'd get a nice car. We this golden age that we're about to enter, we can't even fathom some of the uh, technologies that are going to come out of it. And I mean, maybe maybe we'll, people alive today will be able to live to be 200 years old, but only if they have uh, five million dollars to pay in 2025. Um, so let's take our time with this, and then you know, then it'll be then it'll be distributed to the people eventually in 2040. It only costs ten thousand dollars or something, uh, but but we shall see. Um, but he did so. It's an interesting video. It's linked to below. Everything I talk about is linked to in, in linked to below. All right. So I want to give. I want to say something else about the government. The government rarely gives good solutions. They rarely they rarely give solutions at all. The solutions are usually horrible. If they're what well, most of the time, people go to complain to the government, and the government official will just give them sympathy, and that satisfies so many people out there. So many people just want to hear sympathy. They don't even want solutions. They're not even brave enough for the solutions. Solutions over sympathy. Pound that like button. Keep that in mind, people. If you've got an issue, you've got you to find a solution to it. If people are going giving you sympathy on Twitter and you're virtue signaling and all of a sudden you get your 15 minutes of fame, that's not solving your problem, dude, <laughs> at all. Okay. So government is mostly about giving sympathy. When they give solutions... The solutions are usually pretty bad. 
<laughs> so come up with your own solutions. Personal responsibility is new counterculture. But remember that. Remember that. And uh, hey, yeah, if you got an issue and you only want sympathy, well, don't, don't come to me. Because I'm, I'm giving you solutions, dude. You, you need solutions. Sympathy isn't gonna sympathy isn't gonna save your life, baby. All right, um, and so yeah, some of my podcast videos are going to be about that, or they've already been about that, or podcast audios. Sorry, um, Arjun said, "Don't okay." First of all, I just want to remind everyone on Twitter: it is, it, it can be a great learning uh, tool. Don't let the algorithms guide you. Okay, pick your own people, treat them like pages. Okay, just like. Go to the, the, my page, go to Arjun's page, go to Jeet's page. Don't just like see what pops up on your feed because who knows what's popping up. You supposedly follow some people, but then they're not going to show you everything. It's only going to show you the lowest common denominator of like the people that you followed that you just followed out, out of sympathy or because someone told you to. So he says this. This is a reminder. Uh, Twitter is a tool for entertainment, marketing, and networking. I'd say for the 80 percenters it is. It's easy to see why people believe it's useful for information consumption. But engagement algorithms have skewed the platform to the lowest common denominator of shallow takes rather than deep insight. Again, if you don't let the algorithm guide you, you can get deep insight from, from that. But he's right. If it for the, for the 80 percenters using it and tweeting on it, they just get into a hole. Uh, of shallow takes. All right, so yeah, there's so many people out there that love the Greg Hunters of the world, that love the doomers of the world, and you can get yourself into such a doom hole. The people I link to, like Robert Zubrin, uh, who was interviewed on Event Horizon, that is linked to below. The people like Scott Adams, they actually use the term golden age. And you know some of the stuff I just talked about, people can say, Oh, this biotechnology that's coming out, the nanotechnology, it's going to end the world. I say it's going to bring about such a, an age of awesome technology, a golden age. And it's not, we're already living in this comfort. We've already entered this golden age. There's so much, um, so much food out there. People don't starve anymore, at least in the Western nations, okay? We're living in a very comfortable time of abundance, okay? And that's, the, that's what I like to look at. We're living in a time where we can opt out of the dollar system. We don't have to deal with inflation. But it's still going to be there. We, we can, with this technological new Bitcoin money, it's so exciting. So I talk about these doomers a lot. Um, I, I like the term golden agers for the positive people. And I'm definitely one of those people, a gold, golden age guy looking forward to it. Uh, Ruben, Dave Ruben, man. He likes noise a little bit. He likes to get into politics a lot. He's a YouTuber, but and whatever he does, he does pretty well what he does. And he had a guy named Clay Travis on. And Clay Travis is a sports uh, host guy. But he says some interesting stuff, you know, about the uh, a man being a man and a woman being a woman, etc. You know, it seems kind of basic to me. But he says he came up with the term cancel culture. I believe Clay Travis came up. He at least he said it a lot. Cancel culture. And yeah, a lot of people, instead of being in motion, they're envious. They're envious of others. So they want to punish everyone and get them canceled. They want to cancel you from your job, cancel you from your wife, cancel you from your friends, uh, cancel you uh, from being uh, well-known and being popular and fitting in. Again, fitting in is overrated. But those people in cancel culture, they think fitting in is everything. So if they get you fired from their job and they get you divorced from your wife or they get everyone to dislike you in the 80%, then they feel like they've accomplished something. Again, you've got to be on a level where fitting in doesn't even matter and, uh, and where you don't rely on jobs uh, for, your, uh, for your livelihood or working for someone else where you can be fired for your livelihood. You are in the Bitcoin overlay where you have true freedom and independence. So, but I do, I, I think cancel culture really sums it all up. I think it's an easy way to explain that the, the mindset that is out there, the sickening, it's a sickening mindset. And when we're living in such a world of abundance and, and being so comfortable, the people feel the need that they need to ruin other people's lives. Why not just enjoy your own life? 
Okay, you're living a good life. You live in the United States. It's 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 great to be alive now. It's so great to be alive if you're just productive and in motion. But some people, I mean, as I said in other videos, a third of the people out there are going to hate you. I mean, I guess there's a third of the people out there are just always going to be envious or hate. I mean, I wish it wasn't like that. I hope it's not like that. I'm not going to worry about those people. I'm staying in motion. I'm pounding that like button. All right. Um, so, yeah, there's a link to my podcast below. I said that four times. Um, there's some people out there, and I guess some of these people in the uh, cancel culture, they're such control freaks. And I almost think in that Yuval video, some of the people might be to this level of control freakiness. Some people want to police what's in your head. Like if some dude doesn't like me because I'm Jewish, I mean, and he just keeps it to himself and keeps it into his head. Why can't he think that? What's wrong with him thinking that? And just he doesn't take any action like that in his whole life, in his whole life. He just, he doesn't like me because I'm Jewish. Why can't he think that? Why, why must we police what's in his head? And again, that's to an extreme level right there. But there, there's just, there's some people that think you, you cannot hold certain thoughts. And that's, that's some, it's their personal business. They can hold whatever thought they want to do. If they're not inflicting any force on you, then why can't they just think things in their heads and they just like being with their own kind and let them be with their own kind. Let them think what they're going to think. Just, it seems like we, there's some people out there that just want to rearrange people's brains <laughs> so that they think like them. Dude, if your way of thinking is so great, then be happy about it. You, you, do, you don't have to force your way of thinking on anybody else and, and, and to, to mess with someone's private thoughts that you're that much of a control freak out. I don't know what's up in your head, dude. Um, but uh, that's if they're that's force right there. When you wanna, when you think you've got to put someone in a position where their thoughts are con now controlled by you. All right. So don't mess with other people's freedom. Don't mess with other people's freedom, and that's fine. That that's the way everyone should live. Don't mess with other people's freedom. Worry about yourself. Be in motion. All right. There's an article out there about. Uh, some vacation spots that are complaining that there's just too many people taking vacations. It's too crowded now. Tourism is up. Everyone is a tourist now. The Chinese now have enough money where they all can be tourists. Not all, but many of them are just traveling around. I see them here in Israel too. Um, and I say, yay, I'm glad that there are Airbnbs out there that'll bring down the price of the Airbnbs if, if, the, if they're not regulated by the uh, by the various countries like uh, the United States and Los Angeles, they're heavily uh, taxed and stuff. But again, then I'll avoid the ones in Los Angeles. Uh, but here's a quote. The perception of going on holiday has shifted from being pretty much a privilege uh, to becoming very much a right, said uh, M Marina Novelli, professor of tourism and international development at the University of Brighton. So yeah, we're living in this world where everyone's got a credit card and, and everything's being inflated away and people are spending lavishly. And that's great if they want to do that. So everyone's going on vacation and everyone thinks it is their right to go on vacation. So that's the, I mean, that is the world we're living. Now, again, they can do that or they can actually have real assets and save. So in the future, they can get who knows what and really be wealthy and not live day to day. But again, so what is up? We're living in such a world of abundance where everyone, it's a right to go on a vacation. We're talking about four day work weeks already, okay? What a golden age we're living in. And still we got people saying, it's unfair that Bill Gates is that rich. We gotta do something. We gotta afford, it's, un, it's wrong that someone thinks a certain way. My God, can't you enjoy, just can't you enjoy the abundance? <laughs> Go on a vacation. <laughs> you can afford it now, apparently. Everyone goes on up. Again, that's why I, I, I joke around about the 80 percenters that just spend lavishly, buy fast cars, buy this. But if they're not hurting anyone, then that's great for them. They're, they're much better. I consider them much better than the 80 percenters who are just like, we must take away from people who are successful or we must make... Uh, wealthy people, the enemy. They are the enemy. We must uh, use force against them. We must encourage others to attack 
the wealthier, the ones who don't think like us. All right, Scott Adams says that most people out there, he, now I disagree with him. Well, he says, this was just like an of course statement for him, what I'm about to say, that most people, if they leave the house without their phone, they feel uncomfortable and they've got to go back and get their phone, their smartphone. And so he says, most people think like that. I, I don't even own a smartphone. I don't own a phone. So I don't, I don't feel like that. I don't feel like that. I, every day I leave the house, I feel quite comfortable without a smartphone or a phone. So if you're in that situation where you leave the house and you feel uncomfortable because you don't have your smartphone, I mean, it's not, I'm, you're on the wrong track, I'm saying there. Um, I, don't, I, I think it just shows an addiction. You should not be addicted to that. You shouldn't make that your life. That's not reality. That's not reality. You don't need that all. You don't need it all the time. You don't need it all the time. It, it, it seems like a lot of people are becoming addicted to it. And I know it is a very useful tool. I'm not saying not to own one like me. I don't own one. But to, to like, like have a heroin fix or something when you leave the house without it, that to me, it seems like you're wait, you're you're relying on it too much and you you need to rely on yourself you need to rely on yourself so i i, I i've been pre uh, beforehand i'm talking about don't rely on elijah cummings don't rely on donald trump well the same thing is you can't pedestal you can't put your smartphone on the pedestal too like where you can't get around without that thing okay you, you got to be able to walk the streets with it you don't need a map all the darn time do you or i mean you don't need to answer all your questions all the time you i mean if you get bored you know, think, think, use your brain, use your brain, meditate, I guess. You know, there's some things you can do without looking at that thing. Everyone is bent down looking at those things all the darn time. And again, there is a time to read your computer and be on the internet. It's not hundred percent of the time though. And that's what Scott Adams is saying. People are freaking out if they leave the house without their smartphone. All right. What's this here? And more about Scott Adams. This, there's a guy out there who wrote an article about um, systems over goals. Scott Adams has this concept where instead of setting a goal for yourself, and I, you, you develop a system and you don't fixate on that goal. Now, I think it's, you know, some people just say, I want to be rich. And then, okay, that is a nice goal, but... You do have to set up uh, a system is good at that point, but it's still nice to be rich. I think to have an overall goal of success and you can define success in many different ways is good. Okay. And so maybe you can come up with, like, I want to be successful. I don't exactly know how I want to be successful yet, but I, I've got some pretty good ideas. So let me set up a system of uh, conviction of repetitive, of doing similar things every day that are going to get me in motion and get me toward a successful goal and get me toward successful people. And then I'll, I'll figure it out on the way, like, yeah, this is the direction I want to go in. And this is, this is what I want. So here's what the guy says, uh, summarize, and this is a good article. Read the article because it sums the whole system up. Uh, by choosing a system over a goal, those are, who are seeking to achieve better ready themselves for when luck strikes. Systems are about the day-to-day -day determination, the grind. Okay, so I, I, I want to, I don't believe it's luck. When luck strikes, I believe if you set up a good system and you're seeking to achieve better through this system, I know that's a pretty broad nebulous statement there, but you, you just, you set up a system where uh, you're, you're setting, you're going to, you're going to have an achievement you're going to get into habits that are going to make you successful and going to lead you down successful paths. And you're going to discover successful end games that you can then aim for. And you're going to meet other successful people that influence you to get into other activities. It's all about being in motion and developing a system, not just a goal, but a system. You, you are going to be in motion and so, I mean, you can say, well, what's, what's your system, Adam? Well, I mean, here's my, my system is making videos every single day. I make videos every single day about strong hand Bitcoin, okay? And that gets me 
gives me more and more success, whether it gives me the ability to buy more Bitcoin, to get involved with uh, more uh uh, interesting people. It gets me places to travel around the world. People offer me places to stay. I get it. It 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 brings about things that maybe would never have been brought about. Having this, doing this show every single day, and meeting the people that I've met. One thing that came about is MWC. That MWC crypto dividend. If I didn't make shows every day, it would not be. I found out about crypto dividends through me and he thought it was an interesting thing through me. And I, and he told me about his MWC idea. I said, that's an awesome idea. He ran with it. He talked to Andy. It, it, this is the type of thing other, when, when you've got a system, you're benefiting from it. Other people are benefiting. Other, there's, there's just a whole big in, in motion web. So read that. Um, I really started thinking about the whole system. Again, I didn't construct that system. Um, it, it, it came about naturally over time, but now I realize I, I have a system, the Adam Mice, and I have, again, I've already achieved, uh, I've done well for myself, and um, but I still, so I don't have this, I, I do have a goal in mind how much Bitcoin I want, um, but I'm not fixated on it because every day is another achievement. Every day I do a new show. That is That is an achievement every day. And so what? You see, what Scott Adams points out is like most every day, you're not getting to your goal. If you're trying to get 20 Bitcoin in your life, most every day of your life, you're not at 20 Bitcoin yet. You're, you're only at one, you're only at two, or you're at three. But if you're following the system, whatever system you created that's going to get you to that 20 Bitcoin, every day you're achieving it. Every day you're doing it. And it takes conviction. You do that thing every day. You do. You follow the system every day. That is conviction. That is long-term thinking. Okay, the, the article is really good that explains the Scott Adams. So I have a, a newfound respect for Scott Adams and, and the entire system over goals uh, mentality, really. Um, so Zero Hedge, and I, I, I was talking about this before, Envy. And that we're, why are people so envious when we're living in a golden age? Well, here, here's Zero Hedge. This article is all about uh, fermenting, uh, fermenting uh, uh, mainstream envy. Our ruling elites have no idea how much we want to see them all in prison jumpsuits. Who's that? Why do you want to see ruling elites in prison jumpsuits? Who are these ruling elites anyway? What's to say that they're all? I mean, they're all criminals. Everyone who's successful, everyone who deems who an elite here, do they? They all belong. Zuckerberg belongs in jail. You're saying all these people have brought good things to this world. It's envy. It's pure envy. I don't want to see anybody in. I don't want to see anybody in jail. I don't. I'm not, I'm not look, ruling elites. I don't care. If wealthy people are billionaires or trillionaires, let them be. I don't care if the wealth gap is increasing. You worry about yourself. Why seek revenge? What is up with this envious way? So yeah, Zero Hedge is a completely doomed conspiracy site. And this is the mentality. Yeah, man, ruling elites. Oh, how much we want to see the point. And he starts talking about the 1% and the 0.1%. Dude, I want to be the 0.1%. I want to be in the point. What's wrong with that? What's wrong? I want to be successful as possible. So aim to be a 0.1%er. Aim to be a 1%er. I mean, we're vilifying success. They are vilifying success. So no, I'm not participating in that at all. At all. And I'm going to call it out. I'm going to call it out when I see it there. All right. Um, so, uh, yeah, again, we live in a where everybody's got to be the victim. We're victim... We're virtue signaling and getting sympathy. Sympathy. It's all about getting sympathy when it should be all about getting results and solving problems and being productive and being in motion. Systems. <laughs> all right. Uh, Jeet. What does Jeet have to say here? He's got a Bernie Sanders uh, quote. Let me get here. What do we got? As silly as this comes across, there's an important lesson in here. That artificial price controls are great a great rallying cry, but create far more problems than they solve. If your economic policies make your campaign financially unsustainable, why would anyone take you seriously? So this is uh, Bernie Sanders has called for a $15 minimum wage, 
and he wasn't paying his own workers a $15 minimum wage. So he had to cut hours in, able to, in, in order to afford to pay them a $15 minimum wage. But still, he says that uh, there should be a force every business in the country to pay a $15 minimum wage, even though he, you know. So why would anyone take you seriously if you appear that hypocritical? Well, Jeet, I got to tell you, most people don't think that logically. And they don't think like logical grownups. And it sounds real awesome and real flowery. Uh, and you give people a lot of sympathy when they, oh, what was me? I'm not making $15 an hour. I should make $15 an hour. Everyone just blindly follows that. There's no logic. That's 80% right there. So that's why, that's why it works, dude. Why would it? So that's why people take Bernie Sanders seriously. That's why he's got huge support. Because people don't think like grownups. 80%ers aren't going to think like grownups. They're not going to think that's hip hypocritical. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to say, well, why is it $20? I love this guy. He's going to give us free stuff. Okay. So there's your answer right there. And there's always going to be people like that. And there's always going to be uh, people like Bernie Sanders that appeal to them. So just let them do what they're going to do. You do what's best for you. you in, you're in the Bitcoin overlay. I know you're in the Bitcoin overlay. And again, and it's <laughs> anyway. All right. So uh, another, we a lot of people like to. I, I don't understand this, but they they will fall for so many marketing gimmicks, and they'll be like, "Oh, they lied! What? Uh, they said it was the best product, and it wasn't the best product." So Jeet says, "Trusted third parties are security holes. Oracles can't be trusted." And he gives an example. He shows a Snickers bar next to a 2X Snickers bar. So that's the big marketing on it. You know, the big 2X thing, better buy the two. It's only, when you measure it, it's only 1.5X. So uh, you, you trusted that third party, you trusted the marketing. Um, you gotta measure it for yourself sometimes there. So uh, that there we go. That's an, another reason for Bitcoin. You don't need those, uh, you don't need those third party or oracles. But again, this is, this is putting into the real world a little bit. Uh, in terms of uh, the people that try to blame the advertisements for them buying something. Why do you believe it? I mean, you should expect there to be, when there's third parties involved, that there's going to be exaggeration, that there's going to be lies. That's the weakness of a third party. That's why you want to avoid th third parties. That's It's bureaucracy. They add bureaucracy. They can add lies. They can add exaggerations. Um, and so don't rely on those banks. Don't for, for your money, rely on yourself for your money, control your own private key. You want to, you won't have any, uh, lying issues when it comes to finance here. We got what two, two last subject matters. This is from Zach Bandera. He says, Adam, a great example of 80 percenters in action. Adrian Peterson, who is an NFL player is deep in debt after earning over a hundred million dollars during his career. Yeah, man, some people are just going to spend themselves to oblivion and save nothing. I mean, there's no excuse for that. I mean, he had fun, I guess, because he had fun blowing $100 million. And all his, his so-called friends had uh, fun blowing his money, too. Was it, I, I doubt only he could do it by himself. But, uh, yeah, you, you can have success. I mean, and a lot of altcoiners and ICOs, guys, who valued their wealth in dollars, and then they bought all these Lambos. Now what do they have? They blew all their money. They're in debt. Like no different than Adrian Peterson. So, you know, th there's something to savings. There's something to, we, we're making savings cool again here in Bitcoin. Long-term thinking, deferral gratification. Um, so finally, do any of you guys have some guy friends who've gotten married? And now, you know, they... They maybe they just went on a trip to Chicago or something like that, and they'll they'll tell you like, yeah, we were just in Chicago, we were just in New Orleans, we went out to dinner. The, we, I mean, I'm talking to you. Who the heck's we? I mean, we've been you and I, been friends since uh, sixth grade. Who are you talking about? We we went here, we went there, we went so. You don't have to, when you get married, there's just some guys that are so weak that it just becomes, it becomes we immediately. It's not, they're not individualists anymore. They didn't, they didn't go any, I mean, I understand if you went on a trip to Chicago that you brought your wife with you and you brought your kids with you and everything. I mean, we, this, we, that, is this, am I blowing this out of proportion? I mean, 
it's just, it, it can be a little bit annoying to me in, in, in certain situations. Like, dude, I want you to be independent like you were back in uh, 12th grade or back in college. Why do you have to refer to yourself as we now? You're an individual still. You are still the person I knew. Uh, so I, I don't know if anybody else, I, again, women, do, I, I do this a lot more often and that, that's their business. Um, it, that doesn't seem to annoy me. I mean, again, I don't have as many uh, female friends from college and high school. I mean, it's just the way life is. You have more friends of your sex. Uh, you know, the, the person of the opposite sex, uh, they, you're not, you, usually, you rarely can have just the, uh, a pure friendship with them, especially when you're younger. <laughs> There's always some other thoughts in, in mind. Uh, but that, that, that's for another show. Again, I do have some female friends again. And as you mature, it becomes easier to have female friends. But uh, in, in your younger days, uh, yeah, we're, we're just friends, sure. That, that's why you like her, sure, dude. Um, but, 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 but guy friends, they've been friends for so many years and we've had this bond for so many years. Now it's, you're talking about we. You're not an individual anymore. You're, you're part of this machine, this cog in your wife-husband machine. Come on, dude. Okay, uh, leave comments in the comment section if you think I'm blowing that one out of proportion, that, uh, that maybe I'm, I'm misinterpreting when they're saying we. That, the, that maybe they are still in the, no, that these guys are whipped. I think not all my guy friends say it. Not all my guy friends say we. Some of them still say, yeah, I was in Chicago this week. Uh, I can, I can, I, I was in Seattle this week or whatever. Uh, so anyway, I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Remember to subscribe to this channel, like this video, share this video, check out the links below. Pound that like button, bang that bell button. Tomorrow's show, I will talk about the IRS tax thing. And yes, so if anyone, I didn't mean to get angry at anyone about that before. I know there are some loyal, I shouldn't have used the word stupid. I, I do regret saying the word stupid. So I will I'll correct that. But be patient, everyone. We will talk about the IRS thing. It's just, again, to me, I have been talking about the IRS for so long. And then when I start to hear these questions that are leaning toward the 80% side of things, I'm like, how could you have missed this all along? But again, maybe, maybe I'm being a little bit too critical of the comments and, and thinking they're a little bit too 80 percenter when they're not. And uh, anyway, we'll talk about it more tomorrow. Pound that like button, bang that bell button. And uh, you like any rand? So Robert says, you like any rand. Do I like, you might, Robert, you might mean, do I like an Ayn Rand? Oh, you probably mean, like, uh, yeah, I do like Ayn, Ayn Rand. I like Ayn Rand. Yeah, I like Ayn Rand. She's a very, that was a very smart woman. Very smart uh, Jewish woman. All right, pound that like button. I'll